This is a GRDC podcast. Growers in frost-prone areas of Australia for years have wanted to find ways to minimise the yield damage a major frost event or series of frosts can do to their crops. Now, as we speak, research is taking place to breed more frost resistance into wheat and barley. Scientists have also mapped the tolerance of current varieties to give growers a heads up. But a group of farmers in northern New South Wales have taken a slightly different approach, using some inexpensive over-the-counter tools and the electronic equipment they already have in the cabins of their tractors. Back in 2014, GRDC doubled its annual funding under the National Frost Initiative to $3 million a year until 2019, focusing on finding both genetic and management solutions to frost, which the industry believes can cost growers hundreds of millions of dollars each year. What's been found is that frost risk tends to drive a conservative sowing strategy, which results in lost yield potential in crops that are sown later to avoid frost. Cue this man. Matt Gardner with AMPS Agribusiness and the manager of AMPS Research. OK, Matt, where are we right now? Uh, we're standing in the in the Prima Valley in the southern part of the Liverpool Plains and the paddock we're standing in has probably got about a 60 metre elevation difference from the top to the bottom or the lowest to the highest part of that paddock. Whoa, hang on, 60 metres? I must say I found that hard to believe until I looked at the GPS on my phone. Such a gentle looking slope. To be honest, I thought maybe 20 metres height variation between top and bottom over maybe a kilometre, if that. But GPS doesn't lie. More on that a bit later. Over the years, it's been there's plenty of trials out there that have established the, the benefit of early sowing. But if I stand in a room full of, of growers, typically every person in that room could tell me the year or name a year where they've been badly frosted. But very few people in that room would be able to tell me how much yield they've lost to heat damage or heat stress over those years. And that's because frost, frost damage is such a visual thing, like there's complete tillers wiped out or heads wiped out, and it's very visual, whereas heat damage is or heat yield loss to heat stress is much less visual, pinched up growing, you know, high screenings, lower yield, lower tiller numbers, that type of thing. So are you willing to bet that most of those growers have probably had greater losses from heat stress than frost? I'd argue, you know, the losses from heat stress can be there every year, whereas frost, losses to frost in the northern region, they're specific years or specific events rather than every year. So over a period of time, would you argue that they probably are losing more from heat stress? Yeah, definitely. And and I think it because of that vivid memory of memory of, of frost damage, it gives us far more conservative approach to some of our sowing dates. Uh, so this this trial here is really about getting people to think about their sowing dates and and are there parts of their farm or parts of their landscape that they can actually plant earlier without necessarily taking on any, any extra frost risk. Okay, the nuts and bolts. The trials are in two locations in the same paddock. The first location, where we are now, and the higher location, 50 or 60 metres up the slope. Common across both those sites is six key varieties. So we've got, starting from quickest to to longest, uh, we've got Dart, Spitfire, Suntop, Lancer, Gregory and Eaglehawk. And they're sown on either three or four sowing dates at the top and bottom of the slope. Same day, same seed. 
each one of those varieties is sown on the four different dates. So the trial we're standing at at the minute, we've sown on the 11th of April, we've come back on the 28th of April, and then on the 20th of May, and then we'll we'll come back in the next sort of 10 days, sort of around that mid mid June type sowing date. And yeah, they're all planted, same variety, same seed at top and bottom slope. Now, remember we're at the bottom of the slope, the colder part of the paddock, and as you might expect, the earlier sown varieties have come ahead quite nicely. Yeah, so we've got, if we're looking at this really early sowing date, so 11th of April, we've got a dart here that's at early booting, whereas you've got the eagle hawk variety still in the tillering stage, hasn't got any nodes yet. So we've got, that's why those varieties were selected, because you get this huge variation in uh, maturities and or in development and I guess they, they cover most of the other varieties that fit in the middle. You're not basically trying to see which are going to get frosted and which aren't but you're looking at the overall yield of the same varieties planted high and, and low, is that the case? Yes and, and the other big part of this is to look at the impact of the higher elevation or the lower elevation on that development. And what we've seen for the last four years is at the bottom of the slope, we're getting, like, it's a cooler environment. We're getting, you know, a lot more frost events. Those frost events last longer, and it's actually slowing down the development of the wheat. So these varieties planted at the bottom of the slope, dart is a classic example where it's taking up to, planted on the 11th of April, might flower 14 days later than the dart planted at the top of the slope. Well, that's a, that's a fairly significant difference, isn't it? Yes, it's huge. So, in fact, like it's that delay in flowering is probably helping it a little bit. Slower development in a higher risk zone is a good thing, but it's still 14 days is not enough to escape the frost risk. Okay, so it's still getting frosted. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you've got a piece of equipment over here. Let's go over and have a look at that. Uh, it, this is a piece of equipment that actually measures uh, the temperature. Yeah, so at each, each of the sides of the... You want to grab it out? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so at the top and the bottom of the slope, we've got just a temperature logger. So it's a tiny tag. These are relatively straightforward piece of equipment, but they're just... It's measuring temperature every 15 minutes. And the reason we do every 15 minutes, we're not just chasing maximum minimum for the day, but when we've got those temperature logged every 15 minutes, we can actually calculate how long a frost has actually lasted and calculate how many frost hours over an entire season. So how would a grower, for instance, use that on his place? I, I think the real opportunity for growers is the fact that Every time a piece of equipment goes across their farm, whether it be the, you know, it's sowing time or harvest or or spraying, that machine, if it's got GPS, is collecting elevation data as well. And so you've got some really accurate elevation data across your entire farm. And uh, the specialist groups out there that can then stitch all those elevation maps together for your farm and create an elevation map. And so the opportunity for growers would be to do that and identify some of the, I guess, highest frost risk zones and some of the lower frost risk zones and and set up some of these temperature loggers so they can get some real data for themselves. Okay, well, let's go up and have a look at the top slope then. Yep, sounds good. Okay, in the second part of the highs and lows of frost management, We'll look at the difference in plant growth between the high part of this paddock 
and where we are now at the bottom.